Hello everyone and thank you for listening to another episode of the Football Betting Podcast. This is our second Euro 2020 special. I'm your host Tom Pipkin and I'm joined as ever by my co-host Tom Walker. Hello, hola, bonjour, wherever you are listening from. No, I'm kidding. We're all speaking in English, aren't we? But yeah, welcome to another show of European flavour, Tom. <laughs> yeah, so we went. We had the group stage preview a few weeks ago. Um, we're going to have a little quick recap over what we've talked about, what we think of the tournament so far, uh, who's been good, who's been bad. Turkey. Um, and then we'll go through each of the round of 16 matches. I know pretty short turnaround in tournament football, so we're going to get this out on the Friday. We're actually recording, releasing on the Friday. Games start on Saturday. So, yeah, appreciate it. It's a quick turnaround for everybody. But, um, yeah, we'll look at the last 16 and then quarterfinals, semifinals, who we think is going to progress and then eventually the winner of the tournament. As ever, this show is brought to you in partnership with our sponsors, SpreadX. Uh, SpreadX throughout the Euros have been running a really amazing offer called First Scorer Insurance. We all love to bet on a first scorer. So I think it's one of the, the most fun bets you can have um, in a live game. And if your Euros first scorer pick doesn't score first, but they do score last, you get your money back as a free bet up to 25 quid. So really exciting offer there from SpreadX. Mm -hmm. And there is still an opportunity to open a new account if you don't have one already. www.spreadx.com slash FBP, as in Football Betting Podcast. Deposit 25 quid and you'll get 25 quid in free bets. And that is five sets of £5 bets. T's and C's apply. It is over 18s only. So do check them out before you dive in. But... Really grateful to SpreadX for backing us again, Tom, for this uh, knockout stage preview, I think we're calling it. Yep, absolutely. And it is, as we mentioned before we actually start recording, this is the last podcast of the season now. <laughs> it's been a long old season, but this is the last one we do now before um, we take a few weeks break and then we'll dive into like a an EFL Premier League season preview, kind of, I don't know, mid-July, something like that. Around then. But yeah, Tom, what, what have you thought about the Euros? Have you enjoyed it, mate? I have, of course. It's been great. I've, I've loved having football on every single day. And we've had this period of Thursday, Friday, where there's been no matches in between the group stage ending and the round of 16 beginning. And I feel like there's been a void in my life where there's been no football to watch in the evening. <laughs> I know. Uh, 100%. It's been awful, hasn't it? It's been but, Yeah, it's been, it's been a good tournament, I think, overall. I think especially the... Uh, you know, the group of death, that final round of group matches, you know, that that was really exciting. That capped off the group stage really nicely. Um, not too much in terms of controversies, which is good. Refereeing has been generally been good. Um, yeah, I think so far so good, I think, for the tournament. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. So uh, let's have a, a little look back, Tom. Let's rewind the clock a little bit. Who's... From a gambling perspective, obviously this is a, a punting show. Um, who's disappointed you? Who's surprised you? Uh, did you get any, you know, long shot tips in? How, how did it work out for you so far? I tell you what, uh, I feel like a turkey or a money pit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so many people, including us, we champion turkey um, 
on our preview show because I think so many people thought they were the dark horse of all dark horses. You know, like a a really strong opportunity for Turkey considering their qualifying campaign to go pretty far in this tournament with a I'd say a fairly favourable group as well, um, aside from Italy. But yeah, I, I just keep chucking money at Turkey, thinking they're actually going to perform, and then they don't. Uh, it's even like a case of I think Turkey are going to score. So instead of betting for Turkey to win, I chuck on in play bets on Turkey both teams to score, and then they don't score until obviously that final game when they actually finally got a goal. But yeah, for the Italy game and the Wales game, so so poor and disappointing. Yeah, they were absolutely awful. I think that there's no no way of dressing it up. I don't think they were bloody terrible. So yeah, that was they were probably. The biggest shock, Tom, I, I'm 100% with you. Um, Macedonia, just wanted to give them a shout. I know they ended with zero points, but they were really entertaining and a lot better than I thought they were going to be. Yep. Um, in pretty much every group game, maybe apart from the Netherlands, um, they really could have got a draw or possibly a win, uh, especially against Austria. So, yeah, just wanted to give those guys a bit of a shout out. A big disappointment yeah. for me, Poland. Uh, thought they would be vying with Sweden for second in the group. Finished with no wins, just one point. Uh, yes, good. <laughs> thought Poland were really disappointing uh, to finish below Slovakia. Uh, and then in terms of the big guns, Tom, I, I suppose possibly Spain have been the the biggest disappointment of the yeah of the kind of big nations. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. Um... I think they've been very disappointing. They find goals very hard to come by. Um, obviously, I know they won 5-0 against Slovakia in their last game, but two own goals in there as well. Um, yeah, so they've been disappointing, absolutely. I think first scorers have been good. I think Depay is a very reliable first scorer. Lukaku has been a very reliable first scorer. So, again, the ones we've tipped out on Twitter. Uh, Ronaldo and Ash, as well. Yeah, Ronaldo as well. So I think on a first goal scorer front, it's generally been been pretty decent. Um, Harry Kane has been poor though. I, I've bet on Harry Kane to be first scorer in every England game. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. I mean, the thing is, it's it's gonna come. I I'm convinced he's too good. He, I mean, he, in my opinion, he probably should have won uh, PFA Player of the Year. Him yeah. or Ruben Diaz. I'm, and uh, I'm not worried about Harry. And or any kind of conversation about dropping him for Dominic Calvert Lewin, with all due respect to DCL, is is absolute waffle. To be honest with you, <laughs> I mean Kane does so much. I mean Tom, this is a great segue. We said we'd we'd talk about England. We've kind of naturally come onto them. Um, apart from the sharp end, we, we've only scored two goals. Uh, we've actually scored the same amount as North Macedonia in the group stage. But the fact of the matter is, we're unbeaten on seven points and we are one of two teams to not concede. That's us and the Italians. How are you feeling about England's group stage performance? Let's not talk about Germany and beyond just yet. Let, how, how do you recap the last three games? Um, Underwhelming but positive, I guess. You know, you can't argue with the clean sheets. You can't argue with the fact we've been difficult to beat and to score against. But I think people, and myself included, would have liked a few more goals. Um, but, 
yeah, the results are what they are. So we top the group. Um, I'm beaten, as, as we're saying. Yeah, it's it's all right. It's all right. <laughs> I honestly, I I'm pretty, I'm pretty positive. I think I'm more positive than the average fan that you see online, etc. I look at maybe the Netherlands that people are are raving about a little bit, and I still think that we're a better side than them. But I think people yep. look at them. People look at them as this kind of really exciting ding dong football, like kind of craziness. But Joe, Joe, what? It's this isn't a a forty six game season. This is a seven game sprint where I think solidity is key. And yeah, I'm I'm with you, Tom. Of course, I would love to see England win three, four, five, one, or uh, nil, or whatever it is. I'd, I'd love to see us bang a few more in. Uh, like we did in uh, in Russia, we beat Panama six one, if you remember, in the yeah. group stage. But the pragmatism is something that I was worried about going into the tournament. It's actually flipped on its head pretty much. I thought I thought we'd be all guns blazing, and ba- I thought we'd be the Netherlands banging them in and completely naive at the back. And it's been the complete other way round. And you know, if you if you ask people of other nations, what they thought of England. I don't think anyone wants to face us. I don't think anyone is terrified of us, but I don't think anyone is licking their lips at the prospect of England. No, no, I agree. Um, I think for me, the worry that I have is if we went a goal down, do we have it in us to turn it around? Mm -hmm. I feel like that's my concern. Southgate is very much set up to... Be safety first, defend, you know, win to nil unless we score a couple of goals, uh, maybe conceding just one. But yeah, I I don't know. I worry about our capability of turning things around and playing in an attacking sense. Because we can, we seem to be quite capable defensively, which actually is a side of the game where <laughs> I thought we'd be weakest. But yeah, so far it seems to be working out all right. Um, props to Pickford as well, by the way. I think a lot of people slated him before the tournament, but... I feel like he's he's doing a good job and he he might not perform all the time for Everton, but when he puts on an England shirt, he, he's reliable and he does perform and step up and he's doing that throughout this tournament. Um, so, yeah, I think Gareth Southgate justified in, in sticking by Jordan Pickford so far. Yeah, I agree. I was I was someone that wanted him dropped. So I, I'm more than happy to say that he's proved me wrong and long may it continue. Yep, absolutely. Um, so shall we have a look through... The round of 16 games then now. So we're going to go through each game one by one. All odds taken from SpreadX. Uh, we're going to look through you know, who we think is going to progress in each game, any other potential markets that we like might like in each game. Um, so we'll kick off with Wales, Denmark. This is Saturday, 5 o'clock. Wales are priced at 17 to 4, so they're over 4 to 1. Uh, the draw is 9 to 4, and Denmark are 17 to 20 favourites. This, this is in a neutral venue. It's in Amsterdam. Um, who can you see winning? Wow. I think, I mean, we're starting off with a really tough one, aren't we here? Um, If you have a look, I think if this is in Copenhagen, I think I'm back in Denmark all the way, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, But Wales have been so impressive. Tom, again, me and you need to hold our hands up. Uh, I personally had Wales to finish bottom of the group. I thought I thought that they were going to really struggle, uh, especially with a manager whose highlight has been managing Port Vale 
in the EFL League 2. Yeah, I'm really surprised by Gareth Bale and Aaron Ramsey coming off. You know, they're in the twilight of their career and they haven't been all guns blazing, but they they just Wales just look like a solid unit and they look dangerous. They really do look dangerous at times. And you just mentioned Pickford, Tom, uh, his England performances. Gareth Bale for Wales is rolling yeah. back the years. It, it feels like it feels like 2016 all over again. Yeah. What I like about Wales is that I always feel like they show so much passion, unity, togetherness. And I feel like England can maybe lack that a little bit sometimes, or at least visibly lack it to uh, supporters. I think, um, yeah, I get what you're saying. I think it's a pressure thing. I think Wales have pretty much no pressure on them, so they can Mm -hmm. go out and... You know, every win is celebrated through the roof. Like, could you imagine if Wales finished on seven points like we did and topped the group? But I I think it's just because England are under so much pressure. But let's uh, we're getting off track a little bit. Let's get back to the game, Tom. I'm going to let you take the floor on this one because, honestly, I'm really not sure where to even begin with this one. I mean, I'm looking at Wales to qualify. 15-8, Fifteen to eight—that that has caught my attention. But then again, you know, I I start thinking about how Wales can get the job done, and then I think, but wait, I'm a I'm a fan of Denmark as well, so I'm I'm really caught here. Uh, I'm more so in on Denmark, to be honest. I, I I'm really pretty comfortable going Denmark at seventeen to twenty. I feel like there's something about Denmark now. They've qualified, there's euphoria that they've qualified, they're doing it for Christian Eriksen. Uh, the first couple of games, they lost, so the one in the first game to Finland, where the Eriksen incident happened, and the second game to Belgium, which they actually played really well in, but mm. uh, ended up going down 2-1. But I think those first couple of games, in the immediate kind of aftermath of that incident, really will affect you, will affect you and it has done on the pitch. And then since that Belgium game, you know, Ericsson's been released from hospital. He's been to the training ground. He's spoken with the players. And there's really been that lift. And that was shown in the 4-1 win against Russia that got them qualification. And I feel like now they're riding a wave. Um, and they're really, really doing it for Christian, doing it for the country. They're united. I I really think they're going to go through to the quarterfinals and maybe beyond. I really do. Okay. Okay, I mean, it would be a great story, and I, I don't think you'd find many people wishing the worst on Denmark. Uh, Wales have only lost two of the last 16, Tom, and they haven't suffered consecutive competitive defeats since June 2019. So you're asking for Wales to lose back-to-back for the first time in over two years. Uh, well, yeah, ju- exactly two years, sorry. Yeah, Can well, that, that, street, that... that street's got a break, hasn't it? Otherwise, well, I'm going to win it the does. tournament. I, I know, I yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just pointing it out, and I'm just creating a debate. But in terms of the method, then, Tom, you're thinking ninety minutes. You, you fancy Denmark to get this done, or ninety minutes? Ninety minutes under three point five goals. I reckon. I don't think it's going to be overly high scoring. I think Denmark can win this one two 0 maybe two one. Mm, yeah, we've got Denmark to qualify at four to eleven. So. Probably a little bit too short um, to be backing them to qualify. But Tom, if you fancy them at 17 to 20, 
I am on board. I am, but honestly, I believe this one is is on a coin flip. Personally, um, I went against Wales. Uh, I went against Wales. I think in two out of the three games. Yeah, I, I went against them when they played Italy and Turkey, and yeah. Italy obviously beat them. But but Turkey they tripped me up, and I was a bit wary of the the Switzerland game, and I was right to. I was right to uh, avoid it. So, okay, moving on. Tom, uh, the same day, Saturday, following on the late kickoff, is Italy and Austria. Italy, 40 to 85. Uh, this is in 90 minutes. The draw, 16 to 5. Austria, 7 to 1. To qualify, Italy, 1 to 5. Austria, 7 to 2. We're all yeah. in on Italy here, aren't we? Absolutely. I think this is probably one of the more clear-cut ones. I know we're going to come on to France-Switzerland in a bit, but yeah, Italy-Austria for me is one of the more clear-cut round of 16 games. Just under mm. 1-2 to two for Italy. Yeah. I think you could maybe go a bit further. I think you could maybe get minus one on the handicap as well here. Um, or or alternatively, Italy to win to nil. Um, as you already mentioned, played three games so far, won all three, kept clean sheets in each of them. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I don't see anything from Austria so far that will give the Italians any trouble whatsoever the way they're playing. No, they've, I, got, I, they've got that winning mentality, haven't they? What is it now, like 30 odd games? Yeah, unbeaten? so Italy are currently yeah. unbeaten in 30 games, winning 25 and drawing five. This is the joint longest run in their history, equaling a record bet- uh, under Vittorio Pozzo which I don't know if he's related to the Watford owners, but mm. 1935 to 1939. Wow. Ran. So wow. one more, as long as they avoid defeat against uh, Austria in 90 minutes, then they'll, they'll break their all-time record. So yeah. there's that, and they haven't conceded for over a 1,000 minutes now. There you go. Like, winning's a habit. Keeping clean sheets, you know, it's a habit, and they're... They're in a very good habit right now, aren't they? Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I thought you said streaks were there to be broken. Not in this game. Not in this game. <laughs> I'm just being cheeky. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, Italy, I think we, we have to quickly say, I mean, if we're going to have a look at kind of the, we're, we're going to do this at the end um, in terms of, you know, me and Tom will, will tip a team that we think is going to win it, etc. But I think Italy, in, in my power rankings, are pretty clear of everyone else at the moment mm. yeah mightily yeah. impressive yeah right let's move to sunday then netherlands against the czech republic netherlands are priced at four to six the draw 14 to five and czech republic a 17 to four now netherlands as we've mentioned top their group uh, three wins out of three they scored the most goals in the tournament as well so far with eight czech republic finished third in the end in England's group, uh, level on points with Croatia. But I think, what's that? They've finished third based on goals scored, I think. I have no idea. I got lost in all the third place stuff. I just, yeah. I just waited for the for the tournament like bracket thing to come out. And then I realised <laughs> who was in it. <laughs> um, but yeah, Netherlands at four to six, odds on. You can definitely see why, and I again think uh, they should win this one. The way they've been playing, they've been one of the more surprise packages for me of this tournament. Yeah, I wasn't expecting much at all from the Netherlands. 
I do like the way that they attack, and obviously Wijnaldum is is kind of him and Depay are kind of hunting down the golden boot almost, aren't they? Yeah. Which is kind of crazy to say. Um, but yeah, I I do like this Czech Republic team. I think they're dangerous. Uh, Schick has is has shown his class. I think he was a bit of a forgotten man uh, in England on like the the European stage. Uh, I I wasn't. I never really gave him a thought. But watching him, you know, lead a team that's pretty much unfancied, I, I'm actually really impressed with him. And he looks like he's got a decent support system around him. Nothing, obviously, uh, you know, show-stopping. I like both teams yeah. to score, five to six. Um, if you, I think, I think if you have a look at the Netherlands, that they have only conceded two. They conceded two in that game against the Ukraine when. They were 2 0 up, then 2 2, then went on to win 3 2. I think the caliber of opposition that the Netherlands played following the Ukraine dropped a little bit. And I think they haven't come up against a striker like Schick recently, uh, you know, in the last two games. So for me, I, I would probably be looking at, I mean, the Netherlands to win and both teams to score, Tom, is something I like the look of. That's 12 to 5. Uh, I could definitely see Netherlands running out maybe 2 1, 3 1 winners. I, I, I think it would definitely be exciting. Yep, I'm on board with that. Um, next one's a tough one, though. Belgium against Portugal. 6 to 4 for Belgium, 11 to 5 for the draw. And again, 11 to 5 for Portugal to win. Uh, this one is going to be played in Seville, in Spain. So again, neutral ground, neither team at home. I think this is, well, I know who I want to win. I want Belgium to win because I think Portugal have been pretty rubbish. Aside from a few Ronaldo pens, they've not really shown me much. Bruno's been anonymous throughout the whole tournament. I think probably Renato Sanchez has been their highlight so far. And he just seems to make an appearance every international tournament coming out of the woodwork. But yeah, for me, I... I hope Belgium win at six to four. Will they overcome Portugal's dogged resilience? I, I don't, I don't know. To be honest, I feel like this is a real coin toss. Yeah, this it, for me. I look at these two teams, and they're two top-heavy teams. I think all their best players are strikers, wingers, attacking midfielders, etc. Yeah, uh, yeah, totally agree. Um, I, I don't mean to to start a world war or anything, but listen, I'm not a big Bruno Fernandes fan at all. Um, and I'm quite enjoying being proved right, to be honest with you. Uh, on the biggest stage, he has been absolutely useless, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I think maybe the problem is like what, and Manu, everything revolves around him, doesn't it? He's, he's played in his ideal position. He's the main man there, but, uh, yeah, for Portugal, it's all about Ronaldo, really, isn't it? And mm-hmm. I think sometimes Bruno has to sacrifice elements of his game to suit the greater good for Portugal, and it doesn't really make him look good. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Uh, so, as I was saying, in terms of top-heavy teams, I'm with you, Tom. Like this is this is going to be really entertaining. But in terms of you know putting the entertainment aside and trying to pick out a winner, I really don't know where to go. But I do know. Well, I do think I know that there's going to be goals. Uh, over 2.5 is 11 to 10. 
I think we could stretch to over 3.5. That's 14 to 5. And both teams to score as well is 5 to 6. So I think there's some really good value there when you consider on the pitch at the same time, we're going to have De Bruyne, Lukaku, Ronaldo, Jota, Bruno Fernandes, Bernardo Silva, etc., etc. Yeah, for me, this is the market that we need to be going down. And then on the flip side, I've not been convinced by Denier, Vertonghen, Alderweireld, and I haven't been convinced by Pepe. And even, to be honest with you, even Ruben Diaz hasn't impressed me. I, I thought he's looked pretty average, to be honest, and kind of rattled. He doesn't look as calm as he does for City. And yeah, and got John Stones next to him. Maybe well, John he, Stones is the real one in that partnership. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I'm a little bit worried about about that situation for Portugal. But uh, yeah, yeah. Are, are you aligned, Tom? Plenty of goals in this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, another couple of things that I'm I like the look of as well. Um, Lukaku anytime scorer, Ronaldo anytime scorer. The odds currently aren't on spread X. Of course, they will be closer to the game. But I expect, you know, Ronaldo anytime scorer, you're looking at probably a bit above evens. Lukaku anytime scorer, again, around the 6-4 to four mark, a bit better than Ronaldo. But yeah, both both men already amongst the goals, vying it out for the uh, for the golden boot. So yeah, I expect goals again from both of them. Mm-hmm. Yep, totally agree. I'm looking forward to that one. OK, let's move to Monday then. We've got Croatia against Spain. Croatia are 11-2. to two. The draws 11-4. to four. And Spain are four to seven favourites here. Um, game played in Copenhagen. I just wonder how much that 5 0 is influencing the odds of Spain here, or the fact that they're Spain, because they've not been very impressive, have they, really, as we've mentioned. And four to seven, you know, at four to seven, that's a worse price than the Netherlands against Czech Republic. It's, it's almost as short as Italy against Austria, and I can't go anywhere near it at that price. Yeah, I, I I could not be any less interested in Spain at all. From what I've seen so far, they are they are a tidy team with talented players lacking thrust and lacking kind of energy and yeah, I, I just and by the way, I know Croatia weren't sparkling in the group stage, but when you look at their team and when you look at like their front, let's call it a four or whatever. So you're going to have Modric, Perisic, Rebic, possibly Kramaric. You know, it's, it mm. is really impressive and it is very dangerous against any team in this tournament. Croatia have what it takes, of course. At the back, gigantic question marks, just riddled with yeah. issues. But going forward... Like I, I fear them. Like if when we were playing the uh, playing against them, uh, in you know England, I mean, I genuinely was very worried about their attacking players, and that hasn't changed. And yeah, I think the odds are, the odds are poor to be honest with you, and they're not quite right. Um, I think you're right, Tom. That five nil, is playing on people's minds. Yeah, yeah. So in terms of who I think is going to win, to be honest. I don't really know. I, I will probably just avoid this one from a betting perspective because, yeah, Spain are too short for me. Croatia could spring a surprise. Yeah, they could. Um, I think if I had to go for anything, 
again, forgetting that 5-0 ever happened. Under 2.5 goals, priced at 11 to 10. Sorry, priced at 8 to 11. Under 3.5 goals, priced at 2 to 7. I think mm. that's the way that I would probably go. I, I don't... I mean, now we're getting into knockout football. I think, you know, things are going to get even tighter because the jeopardy has obviously gone through the roof. So I, I could see this one being low scoring, to be honest. Yeah. Okay, right. Let's let's look at France Switzerland next. Then this is Monday at eight o'clock. France are the favourites, eight to fifteen. The draw is three to one, and Switzerland thirteen to two. Um, and I think, as we alluded to earlier, this is kind of up there with Italy for me as one of the more shoo-in ties. I expect France to get the win here. Uh, absolutely. Games being played in Bucharest, so again neutral venue for both. So yeah, uh, France to win. 8-15, to 15. again, potentially you could get handicapped, minus one or something here. Yeah, I think I think we're going to we're going to need to see something from France, aren't we? I don't think France have been as good as I thought they were going to be uh, so far. I don't think the, the performance levels have been quite there, uh, but yeah, I'm not for one second suggesting that Switzerland are going to pull anything off here. I think this will be Pretty routine stuff. Switzerland, Shakiri aside, just lack kind of creativity and, and yeah. thrust, don't they? So it won't yeah. be enough. I think this could be, if France get an early goal, this could end up three or four, I think, to France. If, they, if things click. Because, um, you know, France haven't performed as well as we know they could. They have they have underwhelmed, but they still managed to top the group of death and were mm-hmm. unbeaten against both Germany and Portugal. So... You know, if they can do that when they're underperforming and not clicking as they could, you know, when they do start to click, it could be a worrying times for everybody else. Yeah, hundred percent. They uh, they should still be feared. Yeah, absolutely. Um, England Germany then the the big one is next. So this is Tuesday at five o'clock. England six to four. The draw nine to four, and Germany two to one now I'm going to hand straight over to you Tom where do you think is it coming home god I can't can't even (laughs) breathe I can't even breathe thinking about this game it makes makes me that nervous but do you know what uh they don't sponsor us but I'll give them a shout out anyway the athletic I read I read that thing cover to cover pretty much every day and there's a writer called Rafa Honigstein, who is German, and he's the German writer for The Athletic. Yeah. And I read his article about the, his national team, and he said that in, in the piece that the people of Germany, the journalists within Germany, are very worried about this game because Germany lack a plan. They pretty much scraped through. They came within a whisker of going out in the group stage in back-to-back tournaments. They are very erratic. They're very all over the place. I I, I think we're going to win. I genuinely think mm-hmm. that we're going to win. I think we are more, we're more disciplined. We've got a game plan. Yes, you know, Yogi Lowe has won the World Cup. But right now, as it stands right now, I think we've got the better manager. I think we... We're more of a cohesive unit, maybe a more united country, even though, you know, there's always people clamouring for 
X, Y, and Z to be in the team, etc. But I think that is also a, a positive. It just shows our strength in depth. But I don't think this is going to be barnstorming for one bit. Uh, we'll just mention what we've seen from England. And this could very much be an extra time or possibly a penalties job. England to qualify four to five is where I'm going. I don't know if we'll get it done in 90. I'm not sure. But I honestly think that organisation and having a plan and being less erratic is exactly what you need in one-off tournament mm. football. Yeah, yeah, um, I agree with that. But I do think this could be both teams to score. Um, the fact that Germany haven't kept a clean sheet yet, and that includes conceding two goals against Hungary, two against Portugal and one against France. Um, I think they're definitely there to be got out at the back. So I definitely think we can get on the score sheet. But do I trust England to keep another clean sheet, a fourth clean sheet in a row, especially one against Germany in a, in a knockout game? Probably not, to be honest. So that lends me to both teams to score. We've seen what Germany can do if it clicks as they uh, put a number up four goals past Portugal uh, in the group stage. Both teams to score is four to five. I do like it. I feel like it can't be a knockout tie England against Germany without some kind of drama happening. Nobody's winning this comfortably 2-0. This is going to be, like you say, maybe a VAR controversy. Maybe it's going to go to extra time. Maybe it's going to go to penalties. But yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be straightforward. Anything but. I, th- I think that that is a good point. When, when you ask me, you know, will England keep a clean sheet for another game in a row? I, I, part of me says yes, part of me says no. And I, by the way, I don't want anyone to think that I don't respect Germany and consider them dangerous because I really do. Because that front four, you know, Havertz, Sane, Nabry, Muller, Werner, whoever they choose, it is terrifying. It really is. And obviously the full-backs, uh, Kimmich and, and Gossens have been great so far. Tony Cruz is still an elite Uh, central midfield player just yeah at the back I think they're all over the place and they can be got at so it's going to be interesting it's definitely not going to be a 3-0 to anybody Uh, but yeah my tip is England qualify 4-5 that will cover any method cool okay so Sweden Ukraine is the last one of this current round then 7-5 for Sweden 11-5 for the draw and 12 to 5 for Ukraine. Now, <laughs> I feel like after all the emotions and everything that's going to come after England Germany at five o'clock for us as England fans, anyway, this is a bit of a, I don't know, it's just meh. It's a bit underwhelming on paper, yeah. <laughs> on paper at least. <laughs> yeah. Um, who, I, who do I think is going to win? Probably Sweden at seven to five. They, you know, top in their group unexpectedly. Um, a horrendously horrendous nil-nil against Spain where they stunk the place out but did have good chances uh, in their first game followed by two consecutive wins <laughs> you know they've, they've progressively got better I think throughout the tournament throughout the group stage uh, and Ukraine have disappointed me to be honest I think they're lucky to qualify um, yeah and I think 
we saw the best of Ukraine in their game against North Macedonia. And that's when you'd expect them to win, win anyway. And they still kind of made a bit hard work of it in the second half. Um, yeah, so for me, I think Sweden will win. Because even though I tipped Ukraine for dark horses at, at the start of this competition, yeah, I, I, they've disappointed me. Yeah, I'm fully in, fully in on Sweden, Tom. I'm very, very confident um, in the Swedes. Seven to five. Uh, I think they'll get it done in ninety. Ukraine. I think Yaremchuk has looked good. Uh, Malinovsky at times. Obviously, Yarmolenko scored that banger against the Netherlands. But apart from that, he hasn't been that good. And when I look at Sweden, uh, Isak has been. You know, one of my favourite players to watch in the tournament so far. He 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 is the one player for Sweden that is a ball carrier, stretches teams, gets in behind. Because without him, they'd be so stodgy. It'd be unbelievable. And I thought <laughs> Kulisevsky came off the bench um, in their last game and he was electric against Poland. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. electric. And he was so exciting. If the teams come out, and I see Isak and Kulisevsky in the same team, whether one's on the wing or I, I, however the manager makes it work. I'll be back in Sweden all day. I'm, yeah. I'm with you, Tom. Their comeback against the Netherlands gave me hope. Then their win against Macedonia was pretty routine. As you said, Macedonia ended up with zero points. And then they were absolutely woeful in their last game. Woeful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's one... when the chips were down. That's when the chips were down. They they needed yeah. to win or at least draw yeah. to secure qualification. And yeah. they didn't show anything. <laughs> yeah. And it was, like I said, you know, Austria, very similar kind of quality nation. And Austria looked miles better than yeah. them. Um, so, yeah, Ukraine, probably lucky to be here, to be honest with you. And I don't think it's going to last. I'm all in on the Swedes. Yeah, good price, seven to five. Good price. Yep, yeah, under two point five as well. By the way, eleven to eight. I don't think we're going to get any barnstormers with Sweden involved. Okay, cool. Well, uh, that is all of the last sixteen games, and let's have a look at the bracket, shall we? So let's just kind of cast our minds forward a little bit. So, considering who we think is going to win each game, so we're looking at. An England Sweden quarter final. Give it give England chances there? Yeah. I do. Yeah, England win that. And then we're looking at Netherlands against either Wales or Denmark, depending on which side of the fence you're on. You'd expect probably Netherlands to yeah. beat both of those. I don't think it matters. Yeah. So then England Netherlands semi final. Oof, man. I mean that that would be a bit tougher, but again, like uh you know, maybe I'll look back on this show in in three weeks' time and be embarrassed and and think <laughs> that I got caught up in it all. But again, I would I would back us against the Netherlands, to be honest with you. Uh, not seeing yeah. anything apart from yeah. uh, Wijnaldum and Depay that really gets me worried. No, and um, so yeah, the route for England, if we can get past Germany, then the route to the final for England is a lot kinder than if you're on the other side of the draw. So the winner of Belgium and Portugal will play the winner of Italy against Austria. So, you know, we're looking at probably the Italians against either Belgium or Portugal as that quarterfinal, which again is a very tough one, whichever you were, 
whichever way that ends up going. Yeah, and then obviously the the other one we're looking at, France likely squeezing past Switzerland and then Croatia, Spain, we think is on a coin toss. But I, I don't think it really matters whether it's Croatia or Spain. You'd still fancy France to get through. So, you know, yeah. I'm... I'm also, right now, you know, Italy against Portugal, Italy against Belgium, I'm still back in the Italian. So we're probably looking at a final four of Italy, France, England, Netherlands, and then I'm having England in the final. I I mean, right now, I can't go against the Italians, so we'll put Italy in there and then, you know. We'll, we'll get beat in the final at Wembley. <laughs> I'm gonna put, I would put, obviously, the same final four, but I'd put England in there against France. Um, I actually think the quarterfinal, assuming Italy get past Austria, the quarterfinal against either Portugal or Belgium will be a fantastic barometer of where Italy are actually at. Because yeah. they've gone on this fantastic run. They've played so well throughout this whole tournament. They've not really been challenged by any kind of top nation. So when they come up against one, it'll be really interesting to see how they fare. So if they play against like a Belgium, Belgium are going to want to be on the front foot. They're not going to allow Italians to play the, the game they usually have been playing throughout this tournament. So I don't know. It'll be really interesting to see. No, really, you're, you're really spot on. There's, that's the one question mark, isn't it, uh, yeah. against Italy is... I mean, you can only, they'll tell you you can only, put, you can only play sorry, who's put in front of you, and that is absolutely true. Um, but yeah, I think they haven't been tested at all. They they haven't even played a team that wants to test them. No, they they've, they've played teams that are terrified of them and they've sat in and just hope for the best. So yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm totally with you. That's the one question mark I have against Italy. Yeah, and if Italy are going to go on to win this tournament, they bloody deserve it because yeah. <laughs> beating either Portugal or France in the quarters, sorry, Portugal or Belgium in the quarters, probably France in the semis, and then England or Netherlands in the final. You know, in the knockout stage, they won't have had it easy. Mm-hmm. No. Um, so, Tom, we'll wrap this up uh, with looking at our tournament winners. So, I'm just going to read out the kind of, uh, you know, top eight or so. Uh, so, in reverse order, uh, we've got Portugal 12 to 1, Netherlands and Belgium at eight, Italy at seven. Spain at thirteen to two, Germany thirteen to two, England six to one, France the outright favourites at four to one, and then uh, we've got prices for Denmark, Sweden, Croatia, Ukraine, Switzerland, Czech Republic, Wales, and Austria. So, Tom, you're saying that it's going to be a France England final likely for yep. you. So yep. you're looking at either a four to one or a six to one winner, if you uh, can guess correctly. We'd have no chance against France. <laughs> France to lift the trophy for me. <laughs> four to one for Tom. Uh, for me, I'm I'm back in Italy, but I 100 percent take on board what Tom's saying. Seven to one for the Italians. Um, really grateful for the partnership from SpreadX, but their price of Spain at 13 to two absolutely stinks. Yeah, Spain is shorter than Italy. Yeah. Italy, Belgium, Netherlands, Portugal, and then obviously everyone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. So very, very interesting. Same price as Germany as well. Fourth yeah. favourites. Not That's, sure I agree yeah. with that. Considering they've got, what, France in the quarterfinal, if they if they progress and France progresses, yes. not for me. 
potential one thing, absolute long shot of the tournament, Denmark to reach the final. Oh. They they if they beat Wales, they've got to beat Czech Republic or Netherlands, then probably either England or Germany. It's doable for Denmark. I I'm gonna throw it out there. It'd be a great story, and then they'll get beat in the final by France. <laughs> well it's eleven to two with spread X if you fancy Denmark to do it. If Tom if you fancy them to go on and repeat nineteen ninety two they're eighteen to one. If you've got a spare tenner flying round, wow, wow, eighteen to one. The draw could be a lot harsher to them. Yeah, a oh, they're harsher. on the right side, aren't they? For sure. Yeah, it'll be a great story anyway. But yeah, uh, the pragmatic in my head thinks France is just going to win the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I tipped them at the start. I've still got. I, I backed them outright uh, before the tournament started. I backed them and Portugal. So. They're both still alive. I have a lot more faith in France than I do Portugal. <laughs> and I keep thinking about cashing it out and putting it elsewhere. But, uh, but yeah, uh, France and me still still probably the favourites. Them, But no, 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 actually, that's not correct. I think Italy are the favourites right now. Seven to one's a juicy price for the best team in the competition cool. so far. Nice. Okay. Is that everything? Are we all wrapped up? Yeah, yeah. I think that I think that wraps wraps it up. Um, really, really glad that we could squeeze this in. I mean, we're complaining about these two days, but really grateful that it allowed us to get a pod in because I couldn't imagine yeah. trying to squeeze one in between three games a day. <laughs> to be no, honest absolutely. with you, uh, yeah, so, even got it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so really grateful. Hopefully, you guys listen to this before uh, the knockout stages start enjoy the tournament good luck to your nation whoever it is and uh, thank you very much for taking the time to tune in and thanks to spreadx for uh, sponsoring the show final thing from me we've been posting tips for every single game on twitter throughout the tournament and that is not going to stop so please follow us t underscore fb podcast uh, we've We've tweeted out some winners. We've tweeted out some losers, but we're doing the best we can. And uh, it's really great to grow our community on social media. So please do that for us. We'd really appreciate it. And yeah, we will be back uh, with another pod towards the start of the upcoming 2021-2022 season. But of course, social media for all the details about that. Good luck for the rest of the tournament. Share your bets with us and we'll speak to you soon.